Hello and welcome to Chasing Sustainable Business, CUS Sustainability's first podcast where we will be connecting with sustainable businesses across a variety of industries to learn more about sustainability and its impact on businesses. Our goal is to introduce students to how sustainability is relevant to business and how to apply it in their overall life. We are excited to have our first podcast showcase a local corner store in North Vancouver in the Blue Ridge community called United Strangers. United Strangers is a newly opened community corner store that aims to provide ethical and sustainable products, including coffee, groceries, and clothing to the local community. All while during a worldwide pandemic, Christine and Joe, the owners of United Strangers, were able to convert an old corner store into a brand new coffee shop and corner store to bring together the community. On this podcast, we have one of the owners of United Strangers, Christine Reed, here to share her experience and knowledge about sustainability in general and its role in her business. During the podcast, we dive into buying power, the difference between large-scale companies and small businesses when it comes to sustainability, the factors and definitions of sustainability, how United Strangers incorporates and considers sustainability within their business, and so much more. Stay tuned for more. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, and it also has me thinking of, like, do we talk about change or do we do change? And at what level is like, are things really happening? And in, I wear very many hats with different businesses. And what I'm hearing more and more is like grassroots or like small businesses are getting things done. Like they're not just talking the talk. They're actually making the changes instead of just saying like, Oh, this is what we're going to be doing. Or this is who we are. Or, this is who we want to be. It's just like, talk is cheap um and yeah you see it in the nonprofit world and you see it in small business and it's pretty it's cool it's cool to see yeah especially it's cool because in a small business you're able to make those changes a lot faster compared to like the larger corporations where there's so many levels and approvals that you have to go through and Mm -hmm. to like if you're looking at like for example like a huge grocery store corporation for them to change all the way to sustainability is going to take so many more steps and like processes to get approved compared to like a smaller corner store they're able to make those changes right away because like you're the owner you're deciding (laughs) the change can happen within a week if you really wanted it to Um, yeah and like why why do you have to take so many steps like why does it have to go through so many approvals it's like if we have an initiative it should just be like okay cool yeah that hits that initiative let's do that instead of it being um well you know I gotta talk to so-and-so and and I've gotta talk to so-and-so before like that can happen it's like well it should be someone's job then if you're that big to be making those decisions yeah someone to make (laughs) the changes go by faster <laughs> before it's too late. Especially since big businesses have more buying power, like they could be making these changes um, happen and they could be making them happen more inexpensively. But I think that there's other issues with big business that kind of hold that. Like imagine if like, you know, like the zero waste grocery store called Nada. And yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. I was like, imagine if Save on Foods was like that like how big of a difference that would make or even like imagine if McDonald's just didn't sell plastic straws like yeah. 
the difference that that would make compared to like having five small businesses that's great that the five small businesses are having paper straws but it's so hard when all the huge corporations that and fast food chains and are still and can make those decisions it comes down to money and it comes down to the want and the desire to do it and i i think that's, that's what it is it's like mcdonald's doesn't want to do it they yeah. don't otherwise they would already do it <laughs> it's yeah, like definitely more cost effective for them to continue on with their straws the way that they are and you know the conversation so much bigger than straws too but yeah like it comes down to money and wanting to do it and they just don't somewhere the bottom line doesn't add up for them and that's all that matters to them yeah um, they could, they could make such like a big marketing scheme out of it, just like they did with their chicken nuggets and just like they do with like their burgers and their beef and stuff. And it's like, you could do the same thing. Yeah. It could be that easy, but they just don't want it. It's very true. Yeah, mm -hmm. the other day I was even there and it was like sustainable beef. And I was like, interesting. Would have not expected McDonald's. And I was really curious. I was like, I'd like to know how your beef is sustainable. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like, what does that mean to you? <laughs> because it didn't say anything. It just said sustainable beef, good beef, or I can't remember exactly what it said. But and I was like, I'm so curious as to what McDonald's defines as sustainability compared to like the rest of like people who really appreciate and care for like sustainability. And it's interesting. Yeah. And it's like, well, and then like depending on who you talk to, they have a different definition of what sustainability it is a very vague term that businesses can find themselves just like falling into and falling behind and i mean sustainability to united strangers means that we are trying we are creating or in the process of always doing better so that we're not doing harm and that we're always kind of pushing the envelope to see is it is it better? Could we be doing this in a better way? And that's what makes it more sustainable. Is it more easy? You know, is it come with more ease? Does it come with ease for the environment? Does it come with ease for, you know, the individual, um, you know, so that you're not getting tired, you're not getting burnt out? Um, does it come with the ease of money? Um, you know, those are the things that like, sustainable to me means like, it comes with more ease, and it can last longer. Um, yeah. that process can last longer it's not and I just don't see how I mean I'm I eat meat <laughs> I have no problem eating meat I love meat but like I don't see how you can make beef be more sustainable but I also don't understand that whole process so yeah it seems like a weird you can't like extend the life of beef I don't know <laughs> I think that there can be more like more sustainable um sources of meat but yeah. they're all just not like the most sustainable like of course like shopping locally for it if it's like a local like canadian or bc like beef patty that's a lot more sustainable than it coming from like florida or like california <laughs> or something <laughs> something super far away but in the end it's all and it's all relative and <laughs> things like that so it's interesting yeah but, yeah even for like um us at cs sustainability it's 
I didn't even know when I first joined, I was like sustainability. I just think of the environment. Like I had no idea the other like things that were involved within sustainability and that were considered to be sustainable until I actually started joining the team and actually doing research for my application to the team. And I was like, cool. oh, I had no idea that like there were two other pillars that are like barely even talked about. And mm-hmm. to me, like they're super big. And it was just super interesting that like even just learned that that's like within like five minutes of me like spending a bit more time to research about sustainability. I've already learned so much about it. And yeah, I mean, I think they've become so synonymous with the environment that we forget about those other pieces, but words are so important. And that's where the word sustainability can be used more broadly and continues to be used more broadly um, to represent other other pillars and they are just as important because without them we can't we can't have the same impact on the environment if we want to achieve those environmental sustainable goals then we also need to be able to achieve the the other two pillars as well and they all need to work together to get us there as opposed otherwise it's just like it's always going to be this push and pull between the environment and the economy and we see that happening in canada so much already um, and it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be a push or pull. It's like if we all work on all three of those pull- pillars together, then uh, it, it's possible. It's totally possible. That's a really good point, but they all have to kind of like work in harmony because you typically like see them all kind of almost like working against each other. Like if you're being sustainable, like how are you also like being cost effective? Try to normally like focus on all three of the pillars and I think it's where the conversation starts with most folks is the environmental piece of sustainability. But um, once we get talking, you you see that it, it does start to hit these like economic and socioeconomic or social um, pieces of it as well. And, you know, it, it, those pieces are the pieces that will people will feel that are kind of like the reaction. So it's like once we start doing these things, there's that reaction piece. Um, and there's so much opportunity, like it before plastic, what were we using? And if we were to, you know, cost and demand, like if everybody was to make a conscious decision to start using something alternative to plastic, then that would become the cheaper alternative, but we need to do it collectively. Um, and so that, I think that's what holds a lot of businesses back is like making that, financial commitment to uh, making environmentally sustainable choices. Like it does cost me more money, especially now during COVID to be using compostable um, disposable cups. And the conversation is very alive in our community. Everybody wants to be using their reusables again. I want to be using reusables again. When we conceived our business, we really were going to make a stand against disposable cups. We were not going to provide them, um, but we had to, to be able to open um, and do so safely and keep our family safe and keep our community safe. So I buy the most expensive of like of the person who I choose to buy from, um, who's also a local distributor. I buy the compostable cups. I, I double checked with our garbage supplier to make sure that these would be fully compostable um, and they're the most expensive. And so I'm losing money on our coffee sales so that we can be throwing these things in the garbage, but we can feel 
a bit better about choosing to compost, not throwing them in the garbage, sorry. We throw them in the compost. They're fully compostable. <laughs> um, but we can feel better about that choice and I can sleep better at night knowing that that's what's happening. And as soon as we can, in a safe way, move to um, reusable cups and mugs, we will. But currently in BC, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So yeah, we're just... Uh, we're just trying to, you know, minimize our touch points. And um, so that's where it becomes like a conversation of, okay, well, we're doing this, but it's also costing us more money. Um, but socially, we feel good about it. Like we feel good about that choice. And so those two pillars kind of outweigh that third, that third pillar. And we know that we can um, find other ways or other ways in the future to be able to kind of recoup those costs. But um at the at the like right now it's just kind of like well that's us doing business right now yeah definitely making sure that we can like we're really grateful we can do business we're really grateful we can have the doors open um and because of that we're not going to choose a less um expensive option um at the expense of garbage waste definitely what made you guys want to open still with COVID-19 going on rather than just waiting until um, you were able to just use your reusable cups? Was there a lot of like limitations or like conversation around that before opening? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it comes down to money, right? Like yeah. in business, make money. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and a lot of money on our build out. We had spent a lot of time and energy making good choices within our build out. Um, working with uh, good local suppliers and working with a good local company to make good choices and smart choices. So it costs a lot more money to build out and COVID also extended that period of time in which we were doing build out because all of our trades couldn't be in at the same time for renovations. Um, but we were able to still safely do renovations during that time. But it would cost more money to not have the doors open <laughs> than to buy those silly cups. So... <laughs> Um, we, we chose to do that, but we had conceived, um, we have like a little window that we could have done a takeout at, but the community has been waiting for 20 years for this space to reopen. And I knew they would want to come inside. I knew they would want to see what it was all about. And we had spent so much money renovating it. <laughs> it kind of felt like it wouldn't have been so like, it just wouldn't have felt the same. So we just chose to turn our eating area into more of a retail space um, and still invite our, our community in, but do so in a very um, safe way, only allow like 10 people in at a time. And because it's the summer, more people can sit outside and they're enjoying sitting outside on our front patio. So yeah, yeah. we, yeah, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that some money's coming in with all of the money that's gone out. So um, definitely. We did it in a very like we we had to make sure like I did a lot of research. I watched a lot of other businesses before we opened to see what it was that they were doing and how they were keeping their staff safe. And I went and had experiences in other corner stores and other grocery stores and started to say, okay, like what make what do I need to make feel safe? What am I hearing from other people that they need to feel safe? And what can I do to create that feeling of safety as well as physical safety? Um, in our space. So we took a lot of time to, to listen and hear and watch and um, 
yeah, we sanitize at the door. We ask people to wear masks. We um, limit 10 people inside. We don't have our washrooms open for the public use. Um, and we sanitize everything. Like after someone touches it, it's just cleaned. Um, we're just doing what we can um, to stay open. And we also built out our website so that if things get bad again or we go under lockdown, um, people don't need to go to their big stores um, to, to get their groceries and goods. They can order online and we'll have it available for curbside pickup. They can walk to their local corner store and pick up. That's awesome. Yeah. So was your guys' original plan then to just open as a coffee shop, but then you guys kind of had to adapt it to that corner store to for that retail space rather than the dining space then? No, we are zoned as a corner store. Um, okay. So to open and to get our business license and all of those uh, more formal pieces of the process, uh, we did have to adapt more of the corner store piece, which at the time, um, you know, my husband and I had really conceived a, a, a corner, uh, sorry, a coffee shop that was really community focused um, and had good coffee and had good baked goods. We never intended to really get into like the grocery side of things. Uh, but this space is, that's what it's zoned for and that's what it needed to be. And at the time we were like really kind of like fighting it. We were like, no, we don't want to do this. This isn't what we're used to, but it's been a blessing in disguise. I mean, um, if things continue to be the way that they are in the world, the, your local corner store is going to be more of a community hub. Um, and it is going to be the place where you can get cool stuff. Like it doesn't have to be that old school convenience store where it's just like chips and chocolate and candies and, um, just quick grabs. Like we, we are choosing and crafting our, our local corner store to feel a little different than, um, your traditional convenience store, but still have convenience added to it. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to see that you guys are able to like offer the community like sustainable products and like almost like give them like already do the research and the selection for them. So when they come in, it's like an easy choice. Like you're not even giving them the choice to not be like sustainable with their buying, buying power. Like just mm -hmm. entering that store, you guys are already providing them with like an easier way how to like vote with their money. Um, for like the more sustainable options and things like that, which I think is super cool too. Cool way of looking at it. I never really thought about that. Anything <laughs> more like what are the products that we love and use at home that um, not only taste good, but are, are local. Like anybody who lives in North Vancouver does not want to cross the bridge very often, um, minimizes their trips to do so. So there's a lot of great, products that are in Vancouver, Metro Vancouver, Squamish, Pemberton, and we're just um, bringing all those in so that you can still have this convenience aspect of your shopping, but it's done and supporting people in your community, um, and it isn't coming from traveling very far distances to get to your plate. It's it's there, you know, we get pasta from Deep Cove, and we get sauce from Vancouver, and it's just like, cool <laughs> you know I didn't have to make these things and they're delicious they're delicious the way I would have made them if I did make them and I, I feel good because I'm supporting these local businesses and I know that that's more of a sustainable model for everybody um, and it just yeah it feels good at the end of the day when you're paying your bills you're like 
I know this money is going to so-and-so. That is very cool. Yeah, that's great to be able to have like a larger impact in that way then. Um, and then I guess like, would you say that like, with owning a sustainable business, do you think it's easier a lot of the time to have like a sustainable personal life and just like general lifestyle with that? Um, no, it takes more work. Like it definitely takes more work to be sustainable, but it's also more relationship focused. Um, and that's something that to me feels better, but it does take away from other things for sure. At the beginning, the beginning investment takes time. Um, but I think it feels more fluid and feels more like a friendship over time. So like, think of the first time you ever met somebody and you wanted to be friends with them. Like you knew right away, you wanted to be friends with them. You were like, yes, this person's rad. I want to hang out with them more. But it's a little bit of effort because it's like, I don't know you, you don't know me. Like, there's that getting to know you phase. And then after that, it's just like so easy. It's like, we haven't talked in months, but now I'm going to order from you. Awesome. Like, it's just easy. Um, whereas uh, that beginning investment is really can be tricky and does take away from other things. But I think in the long term, it's something that will come back to you tenfold. Like, there are it, our opening weekend. Here's a great example. So we work with a few different coffee providers um, and that we've had relationships with for many years. And over our opening weekend, we almost ran out of coffee beans. A coffee shop running out of coffee beans. What? <laughs> Stressful. And it's a weekend. So if I were to contact any other distributor, they would get back to me till Monday. But because we have these one-on-one -on -one relationships with local coffee providers, we were able to reach out to them independently, like through phone calls even, and be like, I need coffee now. When can you get me some coffee? And Pallet, House of Funk, Agro all showed up within 12 hours, 24 hours, and was like, here's some coffee you know, I'll invoice you next week or it's on the house or whatever. Like they just showed up for us and under no other circumstances will we have that happen. And that, so that's like, you're not going to get from a distributor is somebody like willing to help you out in a pinch. Granted, we never want to be in that position ever again, but we're able to call on our friends and, and make sure that our coffee shop didn't run out of coffee for the weekend. Um, because we were so busy, we didn't anticipate it being as busy as it was. So that's an example of, you know, you're investing in that beginning relationship and it will come back to you, um, when you really, really need it. It's the same as calling on your friends when you really, really need them. So yeah, it does take away from other things, but it's that investment that's worthwhile. Definitely. That's a super cool story. It's like super genuine um, and just like so simple, but so like meaningful to mm -hmm. have it. Cause you think, like, Oh, like you never think of it, but it's actually like such a great benefit to have when working with smaller businesses because they are able to like focus a lot more on you, mm -hmm. um, which is super cool too. Do you find that, um, like with the opening, were you like, I guess, surprised by how many people were still open to like, um, and how much the community came together for your opening? Um, 
of United Strangers then? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. Well, I mean, like, these were our like our first opening weekend. So like when we opened mid-July, um, we didn't anticipate going through 15 pounds of coffee in a day. Um, so, but it's also 20 years of anticipation. Everybody, there are a lot of people who have lived in that neighborhood for a long time. Lots of people that have driven by that location many, many times, um, or just saw that we were open for the first time and they were like, oh, I want to go there or I'm going to go there. Um, and we've quickly become a destination in the community. We could have opened a corner store coffee shop anywhere else. And I don't think we would have been as widely received as we are within this community. Like it is very, very cool to see. Um, it feels really good seeing familiar faces, already having regulars a month in, and um, just knowing that they're buying products from us that are supporting other folks um, and that they're buying products that they can feel good and proud about as well. Definitely. Yeah, it's cool because it's like it was always something that I drove by and nothing was ever happening there except for like the at the in the summer so they always have like the um little fruits being sold the little fruits in there yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then it was kind of cool to see it all like transform into like now like a true community like every single time i drive by it's like i never not there's never no one there during the day when it's open and it's yeah. cool because the other day i also saw you guys were having um the mountain biking i can't remember what the name of it is but it's, you know, North there, North like, yeah. yeah yeah that was awesome because then it was like a huge community of people that came out to that too. So it's just like cool to see how it's already become such a community spot and it hasn't even been open for like that long, but it's already made such a huge impact on the community and um, things like that are just like interesting because you never would have expected it to be like such a big change or I would have never expected that because it was just like, to me, it just felt like it was always going to be like that abandoned, like not opened, corner store but it was cool to see how you guys were able to switch it um so fast into such a great community and space for just people to come together um and Thank also you. make it sustainable <laughs> <laughs> it would be completely different if it was like a, a husky that opened there right <laughs> like you wouldn't have seen down the street <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's been really beautiful and it's it's also been very um, helpful. Like when you're opening a business, especially small business, and then in COVID, and then we also have a 13-month-old daughter who was born 10 days before we signed the lease to this space. Wow. It's been very motivating. Um, when we were building out, it's been very motivating since we've been open to know that the community stands behind us and that they are very happy. Um, and then when they're not happy, they do share that feedback with us too. But I would say 99.9% .9 of people are so happy that we're open. Um, and, and that's so, yeah, it's very motivating. It keeps you going, okay, like we're on the right track. We're making good choices. We're doing the things that we should be doing. Um, and then a lot of that came from who we wanted to be in the community and developing like missions and visions and um, having that conversation with our staff and including them in those conversations of mission and vision and who we wanted to be in the community from the get-go. 
um, before we even opened the doors, we were, you know, making sure that our, our staff understood who we wanted to be and who we were going to be um, in this community. And they were already living it too. Um, so choosing um, and hiring smartly was something that was really important to us and how we choose to manage our staff as well um, in, in a sustainable way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Have you found that like, I know of course like there's lots of challenges with like the cost effectiveness of being sustainable, but have you found any other like challenges with having a sustainable corner store or um, like, I guess, can you understand why other businesses are not sustainable that are kind of in your field? I think because they don't see past the dollars and cents. Like that's my, that's my gut saying that because I think every business has the opportunity to be sustainable, but it takes work in the sense that you need to think about who your business is beyond the four walls. And you need to think about the bigger, higher mission of having your business. And I don't think that many businesses take the opportunity to do that work or they do that work and don't actually live it. They don't have like a trickle down of, okay, great. We have this like beautiful mission and vision and everyone's happy about it, but they haven't taken the time to be like, okay, so then how does that work in our hiring? And like, how does that work? How do we take that mission and vision for like our finances? And how do we take that mission and vision for our education of employees and our products? Like, is that alive in all these aspects of our business? Um, and then a lot of small businesses just open and they just function. They're just like trying to stay on top of things. And I choose to spend more of my time on our mission and our vision and our staff and our community and pay people to do all the other things, <laughs> yeah. you know, pay people to worry about my accounting um, on the advice of my late grandfather, you know, find yourself a good accountant. Um, and I will pay them to take care of those nuts and bolts so that I can spend my time doing the things that I feel are very important to our business. And that is ensuring that our mission and our vision and sustainability is alive and well in our business. Um, because it is so easy to like say one thing and then get caught up in the day to day of running your business. Uh, you know, you could have a staff who's sick for an entire week or two weeks or they leave unexpectedly and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, I need to jump in. Or, you know, you have a product that doesn't fulfill or a piece of machinery breaks down and it can become very tricky when you're running a small business to stay on top of those things. And then it can become very tricky when you're a big business because you have, like we were saying before, you know, you've got to talk to so-and-so's, got to talk to so-and-so's, got to talk to so-and-so. And truly that should be coming from the leadership down um, and ensuring that the work that they've done is being felt at all levels. And that comes with check-ins with our staff and check-ins with our community and making sure that we're still upholding who we want to be in the community. And it's very easy to get away from that. Um, and there will be times probably where we find ourselves getting away from that too. We're not imperfect. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it happens. And I think as long as you're striving to always do better, <laughs> um, it's not, you know, not everything's going to be a hundred percent eco-friendly or a hundred percent this, but we get afraid of 
making a choice that's even like one step better instead of it being perfect for it to become part of the sustainable story when it's like you're ne it's never going to be perfect ever yeah no piece of it is going to be perfect if we're all sitting around waiting for perfection we're going to die before that happens yeah so let's just get do a little bit better each day work a little bit on that and or choose something different um and and maybe start with some choices that aren't more um expensive um Definitely. that's a good place to start but yeah it can i can see it being very easily why you could move away from it um but it takes work what the work is i wouldn't call it work but will work <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's interesting that you say that like it's like you can't always be perfect but why not like try to be a little bit better than you were before because i think that that's a, like a huge thing it's like i feel like this is a big thing with like vegetarian like eating and mm -hmm. diet for example it's like oh like i cannot become a vegetarian so they just like consistently stay with like just like eating all the meats and it's like i'm not saying that like vegetarian is like the way to go but like a lot of people will just be like no i can't do that but it's like well you could like try to limit eating that or like eat your sustainable beef rather than your beef from california or whatever it is or have organic beef or things like that and it's interesting to see like those baby steps are still making an impact even if you don't necessarily like think so but you have to start from somewhere so exactly you should start small and it's all it does is like you know just plant a little seed in your head like i just want to do i i just want to do something different it's like okay we'll mm -hmm. just start small because you're not going to like change your mind and change your entire life overnight um but if you're scared to even make any type of change i think that that's where we get stuck or like making the right change like how do i make decisions well make one decision <laughs> start there <laughs> and then make the next one after that you can't make them all at the same time learn from it i think we just want to be everyone wants to do we get so caught up in like wanting to do the right thing that we forget to do anything mm -hmm. Do one thing. One thing. <laughs> that's a really interesting. That's actually a good way to have a look at it. It's like you're like so scared of like the fear almost of doing it wrong. They're just like, no, I'm not even gonna do it. It's like the whole you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> quote almost. Um, yeah, is, and that came up for us too. Like when we were conceiving, like what does what products do we want to bring into our store? We did have like a criteria of three things. It had it had a sustainable story it had a local story and it was something that we were stoked on and does that mean that all three of those criteria are always met equally no there might be something that's local that does not taste good um but is sustainable we're probably not gonna bring it in because it's not something we're stoked on but it may have like a very strong local and sustainable story to it so there are always these three pillars that we have to kind of like take in flux and it's not perfect. You know, there might be a product that from Bellingham, Washington might taste good, be sort of local and sustainable. Yes, it's got across a border, but is that more sustainable than bringing it in from Ontario? Yeah. So this is where the conversations happen and we make decisions based on okay like these are the three pillars that we always have in flux and this is the conversation that 
we can decide and we include staff in that conversation. We, we include, you know, feedback from the community. You know, would you rather buy this or would you rather buy this? Or what are you using at home? Um, and that just takes a little bit extra time. And that's why we've taken time to like curate. Like when you walk in our store, you're like, well, to me, because I've been in there a lot. I'm like, there's nothing like that in here. <laughs> but it, everything that we've brought in, we feel connected to. And we feel like we've had experiences with. And we can speak to the product. Uh, and we feel good about the product. Um, and the moment that we don't, it's like it doesn't sell. It just kind of like sits on the shelf. And you don't, as a small business, you don't really have a lot of opportunity to have things sit on the shelf. Like that's money that you could have invested somewhere else you could have given to your staff, you could have paid yourself. Like there's all these other things that you could have spent that money on and you don't really want things sitting on the shelf for a long time. Um, so for me, being connected to it and being able to have it like quick turnaround and sell very quickly um, is important. Mm -hmm. That's a really good idea to have like a criteria almost because then it really makes sure that like you're sorting through all of the um, like values that you have in your business to make sure that it's aligning with it all. Do you, uh -huh. like, is there any like, um, businesses that you think like are products that, um, really like stand out to you in your corner store or that like have a super cool like story to them, like locally or sustainability wise? Uh -huh. I really, hmm, what things do I really like? Well, I really like novel supply and novel supply owner Kaya also works for us and because in my business plan when we were applying for a business loan Kaya to me was the epitome of a stand for sustainability and also had that ethic of like it might not be perfect but I'm gonna do better um, and so in fashion and in clothing uh, Kaya is striving and being a stand for doing better so all of the clothing that she um, makes is is sourced within Vancouver, um, is organic, uh, and even the dyes that she uses and chooses for to print on her products are um, all renewable and sustainable. Yeah. So all of those things are very cool. What happens though is that people then come in to so like her product really stands out because there's not many clothing suppliers that have that story. Um, and we get lots of questions like, why don't you have like t-shirts and sweatshirts and all of these things? Like, why don't you have these uh, like uh, United Strangers branded things? Because we haven't found a good one yet. <laughs> and like, that's honestly the answer. It's like we have a hat, um, which we had made in Vancouver. Um, and they were embroidered here in Vancouver. Every, all the staff was paid a livable wage. Like these are the things that are important to us and that we can make the choice. I could go and buy hats that were made in China and come here and then print it on for like $2 and I could sell them for, you know, 25. I don't want to do that because I don't feel good about the person who made that product and I don't want to buy into that story any longer. So that's why we don't have that stuff. And when we do have it in, it's going to be a little bit more expensive because I also pay my staff a living wage. I don't pay anyone um, minimum wage. I pay them more than minimum wage because I don't believe in minimum wage. I don't want my business to succeed at the expense of other folks. 
it's hard to live in Vancouver. It's even harder to live in North Vancouver. And for us to be able to do those things, I think asking someone to pay five more dollars for a t-shirt is totally appropriate. And people will feel good about buying that t-shirt knowing that it's had an impact on our business and it's also had an impact on the person who made it. Um, And that nobody was like hurt or harmed in that experience. Yeah, definitely. Do you ever like have any experiences where people are um, almost like questioning like the prices um, of like products or things like that just because they are more like sustainably and ethically sourced or local as well? Um, And like, how do you find that like justifying that to them goes or are they like after Mm -hmm. you explain it to them, are they more open to it or like do they just not understand? Some people are open to it because they've had that conversation already or they've been privy to that conversation and some people just aren't like we we have had some hard conversations of like why is you know this spaghetti sauce eleven dollars and the thing I usually start with is I know the person who made this spaghetti sauce you know I've 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 emailed with the person who makes this spaghetti sauce can you say that you have had a connection with the person who has made the spaghetti sauce in your cupboard. You probably can't, and that's why it's two fifty. dollars <laughs> um, And it doesn't taste as good. And it doesn't taste like the way that I would have made it if it was homemade. So then that's usually where I start the conversation, is just like encouraging them to humanize the product, that it's not just this one-time consumable piece, but that it has it's so much more than a product which is something we say all the time but like it is it's so much more than just sauce um and and that comes with branding and that comes with education and some people will get it and some people won't and and that's okay but i also feel like it's our opportunity and and our responsibility to educate our population and educate our our, um people in our community But I also know that if we had opened and hadn't had this conversation, that our community would be asking for it. They would be asking for us to have local products um, on our shelves. And maybe that's just special to the Blue Ridge community. I don't think it is. I think it's it's coming in, you see in grocery stores, you know, like I've seen a few products. I walked around Save On Foods this morning and I saw a few local products that we brought in Um, that weren't available on the North Shore that are now available in those grocery stores. And that's cool. Like, that's very, it's also cool because we sell them cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go then. (laughs) But um, it's cool to see that because uh, not only because like the product will be out there more and, and more people might see it before they come and see it in our shop, but I also know that it's impacting the folks who make those products. And I'm just so excited for them. I'm excited for the possibility that that grocery store offers. And then I'm excited about the education that um, those customers are then having in, in a grocery store setting that they're comfortable in. Um, so it starts to happen, you know, and I don't think it happened because we carried that product. I think it just happened because they were also having those conversations, but it's cool to see. Um, and I want to see more of that. Um, we, we're all going to succeed better and, and create more of the sustainable conversation with more people involved in the conversation. Yeah, definitely. Do you ever find that like, that's super cool to see how they're like able to grow and things like that. Oh. <laughs> 
again, you're like friends, you know, and yeah. you see your friends like doing cool shit and you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Is it most of the time when you have these like suppliers come in, are they approaching you or do you mostly do the research like to find them? Um, I research to find them. They have a lot of, a lot on their plate that they're already doing and chasing between branding and going to markets. Like I take the time to reach out to them and it's usually a really quick turnaround. Like, Hey, yeah. I love stuff. this is who we are. This is what we're doing. Do we want to sell your stuff here? And they're like, yes, here's how much it costs. And I go, cool. I want a few of those. Sweet. I'll deliver <laughs> tomorrow. And you're like, amazing. Like that's how quick the relationship can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can feel connected to it and um an excellent example is mungri have you heard of mungri no i've never heard of them before mungri is a um peanut butter but it's not just peanut butter um that was started by a mom her uh so when she was pregnant when you're pregnant you have like next level hangry and so it's called he calls it mungri um, and so she developed this product of peanut butter, chocolate peanut butter, and then pistachio almond chocolate peanut butter, or pistachio chocolate almond butter. Um, it's amazing. It's so yummy. It's so good. It can be used in like smoothies and energy balls, all these different things. But Beyonce picked up her brand. And during um, the Beyonce wanted to um, support black owned businesses. And so she developed this website and um, Lillian from Mungry had no idea that she was going to be part of this website until she saw it on Beyonce's website. And she's just blown up and I couldn't be more excited for her um, because it's just such a cool time for her and her business. And we honestly can't keep it on our shelves. Like I buy a lot of peanut butter, a lot more peanut butter than I thought I'd be buying. Um, And it's so cool to see like her and her partner come in and you know, have conversations with them and chat with them and just see how their brand is exploding. Not because of me, but because of Beyonce and because of how um, the power of using your power and your privilege. And she's, she's doing that to support um, other black owned businesses. And it's, it's rad. And like, that's a choice that we made too, you know, Um, to, to use our buying power to support and the privilege of our buying power to support these really cool people who are making really cool products. Um, yeah. That is super cool. I'm definitely yeah. going to try some of that now because it sounds really good. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Very, very good. And it lasts a long time. It doesn't need to be like refrigerated, like other uh, peanut butters. Like once you open them or mm-hmm. you have to like put them in the freezer and then they get like, hard kind of hard and you're like how am I supposed to eat this now not like that at all stays out of the fridge and it's literally peanuts in her peanut butter like just peanuts yeah it's all like natural food so cool cool. that is super cool yeah it seems like especially with COVID night like COVID right now like with a lot of companies like transitioning more into like an online based selling Mm -hmm. I'm sure sells online um 
like it seems like they're able to have like these huge like spikes in sales which you I feel like if you're like just coming out of a store it's a lot harder to have that because once it starts growing it's like exponential almost um which is super cool and it's crazy that's crazy so she's a local it's a Vancouver based company then I know yeah Vancouver and it's just so cool and she does way more she does a lot of other things other than make peanut butter but um it's it's just a very cool story and i think you know people buying online also if i think about like the reason why people are buying products specifically online from specific like instead of going to their grocery store and buying like all their groceries online they're like buying mungri here and they're buying sauce here and buying pasta here and they're having it all delivered not only is it ease but it's that relationship like you feel good you feel connected to your food you feel connected to the person who made your food and that's people choosing and making a change in their buying power they're not necessarily they might be make, spending a little bit more money but they're realizing that their money is going so much farther and having such more and more of an impact than just oh I pulled that off the shelf and it's going into my cart. They're feeling good about they're 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 having that experience from their computer to the moment that it's in their belly, and they're mm -hmm. feeling good about it the whole time. Whereas like, do you feel those feelings when you're in the grocery store? Especially now, you're more fearful. You're like, ah, why am I in the grocery store? I shouldn't be here. Yeah. How do I do like a fifty second like shopping spree? Um, you don't have those same feelings. So I think it's a really special time. I think people are, are ripe for change in COVID. And people, some people have a lot more time on their hands. Definitely. Some people, not everybody. I think a lot of people <laughs> have less time on their hands right now. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, they have more time on their hands so they can do more research and feel um, more connected to the things that they're choosing to buy. Definitely. And it's also, I think that's also a good, like, thing with COVID is, uh, I think, feel like a lot of more, like, locals are wanting to support those local businesses because I know that they've been hit a bit harder um, yeah. with, like, the circumstances. So it's cool to see a lot of communities coming together to want to support local businesses a lot more um, just with, like, the times that we're in right now. Um, mm -hmm. Which is cool. You know, wouldn't expect that because most of the time it's like they're a bit more expensive and things like that, but people are really wanting to mm -hmm. show their care because there's been so many like great businesses that have been or had to go out of business because of COVID. So mm -hmm. seeing like a few of them, it's really, in, I feel like, impacted a lot of people and almost mm -hmm. been like a wake up call to be like, okay, we actually really need to like value and appreciate these local business owners and what they're doing for us. Yeah, we're craving connection, right? Like mm -hmm. in the isolation or in our small bubbles, where we we don't we feel disconnected or we don't feel as close as we once did with our local communities. And if the way that we can show our connection and the way we can feel some of those good feelings that we typically have with physical distance is through our buying power, then that's what people are craving and wanting to do. And I think it's amazing, you know, it's, it's creating this shift of, of understanding. Um, and I'm just so grateful 
I, I really am. I'm so grateful for the community. I'm so grateful for the, that they're making those choices and we'll just continue to give back to the community as much as we can. Um, and that doesn't always mean money, you know, it's, it could be space. It could be like physical space. It can be, um, conversation and, um, many, many other things. It doesn't, to me, support doesn't look, always look like, um, giving money to like a nonprofit. It's mm -hmm. having a conversation or, um, giving them space like the North Shore Mountain Bike Association setting up in, in the in the parking lot or you know the group mom's grilled cheese and and sophie's flowers who were there for us for the grand opening you know we didn't charge them anything to be there because they're they're both having a hard time through covid and it just wouldn't feel good you know like yeah i could have made a couple hundred bucks but like the impact of them being there like the community was really happy. Like when's the last time they had a food truck be there, like down the street from their house. Yeah. And, and you know, it really helped out um, the mom's grilled cheese as well. You know, having been closed or not having the same route that they usually have um, and the same with Sophie's flowers. So it's, it's um, those are the things that you choose to do, you know, and Maybe it'll come back to me. Maybe it won't. That's not the intention. The intention was just to build community with having them there and knowing that they had things to offer that I didn't have um, and that I wanted to connect them with people in our community as well. So, yeah, sometimes you just do stuff. <laughs> You're giving back. <laughs> as like opening a new business with COVID, did you find it like what were kind of more your like marketing strategies or like how were you like feeling just with like opening with COVID and like making sure that people like knew who you guys were since you guys were a new business in the community? Um, I think there were some special things that we did or didn't do because of where we were. I, I knew that I didn't want, like what kept me up at night about COVID was like the fear that there would be, because there was so much anticipation for our space to be open that there would be like over 50 people in line waiting to come in and that it was something that I just didn't want to have happen so we were um like the day before we opened we literally got our business license at like two o'clock on the Thursday and we're like okay we're opening tomorrow <laughs> and we sent out an email just to those people who have supported us from the beginning with buying gift cards we sent them out um, an email blast that was like, Hey, we're opening tomorrow. It's really last minute. Please come by. And that was it. That's all we did. <laughs> and we had so much business for the weekend. We did uh, one social media post for on Friday to encourage people to come th through for the weekend. So I think we have a very special situation because of the community. Um, and, and some of the people that we know in the relationship building and the community building we've been doing for many years. So I don't really have anything to offer in terms of that, but like, maybe that's what I offer is like, it's relationship building and, um, mm -hmm. on the people who have supported you, thanking them for supporting you, um, making it, them feel special. Um, these are the things that take extra time. It's not buying Facebook ads for $20 um to let people know that you're open it's word of mouth it's grassroots 
it's nitty gritty. It takes time. It takes energy, but it's, it's worth it. You know, like I'm looking at our, our sales numbers compared to my very conservative projections that we had and we're right on track and we're in COVID like, and we don't have, we have maybe 30% capacity of our grocery. Like I can't even imagine. And I'm very excited for what our sales are going to be once we have our full grocery setup. Once we have a little bit, like more people know about us and, um, and that people are feeling more comfortable getting out and about more often, like, Boom. <laughs> you know, definitely. did not include a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> already, we're already hitting those goals of our first year. So in our first month, like it's, it's very cool. Um, and I think it, it, it does speak to the relationship building that we've been doing for years. Um, and you know, businesses are not built overnight. They might be dreamt of overnight. Ideas might be dreamt of overnight cool things and and things can happen very quickly, but relationships take time and, Mm -hmm. and never think that any investment in another human being is not worth it because you never know when they're going to be that person that just like makes the switch turn on for your business. Definitely. Yeah. That's a cool way how to look at it. Like having that strong community really has been able to almost like uplift the business and really support you guys mm-hmm. um, which is cool and then so I guess in the future your guys' goals are really to with COVID are you able to not open the rest of the grocery or is that just more just about finding more products that you guys are interested in and stoked and locally sourced and sustainable story <laughs> I think it's a combination of both like a, the less rooms you have the less touch points there are, so that then there's less cleaning. So there's that safety aspect of it. Um, and then it is how we are crafting our products and taking our time to build that out. I mean, it's an investment in the product too. Like these products are, are not like, they're not cheap either for me to buy or for us to buy. So that investment is something you kind of, because we want to pick good things, um, it takes time. It takes time to build up that investment. It takes time to sell that initial product, and then you reinvest that money into other good products. So it, you know, maybe if I had had fifty thousand dollars to buy like all my favorite things, <laughs> but I have fifty thousand dollars to buy all my favorite things, um, and for it to look perfect. But we literally opened our doors with peanut butter and coffee and baked goods and we had a killer weekend and now we just continue to grow from there that's awesome that's super cool do you guys have any more other kind of future goals for united strangers and what it has to come totally we want to build out more of our patio so that more people can come and hang out and feel safe hanging out um, we want to, uh, offer more, um, potentially like food prep. So like sandwiches offer lunch. Uh, we also want to open an hour earlier 
Um, but that goes back to that sustainable conversation of like social sustainability. Um, because, you know, my husband and I run this business and we also pick good staff. Um, and because of all of that, uh, we we're just going to take a little bit of time to find the right people to be open for eight o'clock in the morning um, and make sure the logistics of all that work. Um, and then we have a lot of cool ideas for the future um, that we're very excited about, but uh, we'll hold those a little close to our chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah and able to um, minimize plastic. Like when you come into our store, uh, you won't find baked goods that are uh, wrapped in plastic. Um, and I don't want to do that. And so that makes, because we cannot prepare food in house, um, it does make that conversation of like, okay, where are you getting the food from? It can only last like a day or two. Okay. What does that look like? And does, is sandwiches sustainable? So we're just working with a local, a, a local lady um, who will hopefully provide us with some um, lunch for this fall, especially when everyone goes back to school. Um, and yeah, we'll see a lot of the school kids out and about in our area too. So there's some cool things coming down short term, but then long term, yeah, we've got some cool stuff up our sleeve too. So um, not only do we ask other businesses to like do a little bit better every day, like that's who we are. And when we were in the thick of it, like week two, week three, I think my my mantra was just like, okay, how can I do just like a little bit better tomorrow? You know, whether that's like buying five more of something that I should have bought the previous day, or is it like preparing ourselves for the next day, or is it getting more of something? Like just doing a little bit better each day, otherwise it feels very overwhelming. On behalf of CUS Sustainability, we want to thank you again, Christine, for talking about sustainability and sharing United Strangers' goals, decisions, and values as a new sustainable local business. It is great to see small businesses inspiring others to be sustainable from local coffee fanatics to other small businesses in the area, all while opening during COVID-19, which is definitely not easy. Please stay tuned for more Chasing Sustainable Business podcasts from us at CUS Sustainability and let us know who you want to hear from in the future and what topics interest you. Feel free to message us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at sustainability at cus.ca. Hope to hear from you all soon and bye for now.